0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Fact Check It. This is a podcast where you get to ask questions and we invite verified experts around the world to share the facts. My name is Ben McNeil and I'm your host. So as a career scientist, I've always been aware of the persistence of media misinformation but I really didn't come to fully understand how it seeps into our public discourse until the year 2009. And that year I was part of a very large climate science report compiled with 25 colleagues of mine called the Copenhagen Diagnosis. And it was a summary of of all the peer-reviewed research and evidence on climate change so far and really the causes behind it. We presented the report during a widely covered climate meeting Uh, in Copenhagen, and it was actually attended by President Barack Obama and many other world leaders. And so after that event, I noticed a really big uptick in the number of interview requests I received from journalists around the world. And while some of these reporters presented the the research responsibly, I quickly noticed a, a somewhat of a disturbing trend in where many of the articles would place my quotes right next to those opposing the science. The problem was is that those opposing the science were never actually a climate scientist. They were uh, sometimes a politician, sometimes a scientist in a very different field, uh, sometimes just a commentator. I remember vividly having a large debate on national TV with a lord from the British Parliament who ironically actually called into question my own scientific credentials to speak on the topic, which was quite amusing. But by the way, I was... Really horrible in that particular interview and that exchange. So, you can probably actually check that out somewhere. But as a scientist, I question everything, right? So, that including the science of climate change, that's what I'm trained to do. Every scientist is looking for holes because if you find something that is a new idea or new line of evidence that is going to produce a new paradigm, you're going to win the next Nobel Prize. As a scientist, you're always looking for holes, particularly within your field, because that's what you know. So questioning everything is critical. Debate is great, it's healthy, we need it. But false debates just misinform people. You can always find someone to oppose a position. Even someone who doesn't believe in gravity, you could find a few people. So debates make for entertaining viewing, but it doesn't help the progress of the hard facts that everyone should be working off. So I found reporters would often present both sides to the argument as if they had equal merit. In political or social debates, for example, that's, that sort of makes sense. But in science, there is no left and right. It's based around the universal laws of physics, and that dictates whether something is actually true. My feelings, your feelings, anyone's ideology, it means absolutely nothing to what the evidence says. That's the beauty of science. So given the advertising model that serves the media, it seemed that reporters and producers were really just looking for debates and shouting matches to keep their viewers entertained. So this early experience for me was really disheartening. Then in 2014, I watched a clip from John Oliver, who's a British comedian based in the US, and It really was the most insightful segment I've seen on how the media can really misrepresent scientific facts easily. Here's a short little clip from his segment called A Statistically Representative Debate on Climate Change.
1: A survey of thousands of scientific papers uh, that took a position on climate change found that 97% endorsed the position that humans are causing global warming. And I think I know why people still think this issue is open to debate, because on TV, it is. And it's always one person for, one person against. And it's usually the same person for. Bill Nye and Marsha Blackburn, welcome, both of you, to Meet the Press.
0: Bill Nye joins us now, along with climate change skeptic
1: Mark Morana. Joining me now? to go head-to-head, Bill Nye, science educator and CEO of the Planetary Society. In the Crossfire, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill Nye the Science Guy, who believes in man-made global warming. Yeah, that's right. More often than not, it's Bill Nye the Science Guy versus some dude. And and when you look at the screen, it's 50-50, which is inherently misleading. If there has to be a debate about the reality of climate change, and there doesn't, then there is only one mathematically fair way to do it. Last Week Tonight presents... A Statistically Representative Climate Change Debate. Good evening. Joining me tonight, a climate change denier and, naturally, Bill Nye Science Guy. (laughs) Uh, So, Bill... (laughs) Humans are causing climate change? No wait, question. Wait, 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 wait. Before we begin, on, in the interest of mathematical balance, I'm going to bring out two people who agree with you, climate skeptic, and Bill Knight, I'm also going to bring out 96 other scientists. Uh, it's a little unwieldy, but this is the only way you can actually have a representative discussion. Uh, so, yeah, please, please file in. Again, again, this is, this is going to make the debate difficult. We shouldn't really be having it in the first place. But, uh, so... Representationally, climate skeptic, please make a case against climate change. Well, I just don't think all the science is in yet. It's settled. Okay. and what is the overwhelming view of the entire scientific community? Well...
0: But it's not just the 97% of climate scientists that are getting misrepresented in the media. On any topic or question, whether from health to technology, the media often misrepresent the facts either by presenting false debates or what is now more likely, publish clickbait headlines that cherry pick one particular study. How often have you heard about cancer cures and miracle remedies being pushed via the news? So so John Oliver really gave me that initial idea of how can we better statistically represent the facts on any topic or any question. What's both amazing and terrifying is that anyone can become anything on the internet. Have you ever heard of the story of The Shed restaurant in London? So The Shed became the number one rated restaurant on TripAdvisor in 2017. The problem was the restaurant was entirely made up. It just didn't exist. The owner wrote fake reviews leveraging a clickbait media to make that restaurant the number one rated restaurant on TripAdvisor. And when you incentivize clicks and attention in a free information market called the internet, then is it surprising can't seem to judge what is true anymore. All of us rely on external messages to inform us to make better decisions in our lives. But what if the messaging is fundamentally broken? Which it is. Some questions are simply too important to ask the internet. Have you ever wondered why Google always gives you millions of search results for a query? There is no question ever posed by any of us that Google can't answer or give zero search results. I would actually love to see the zero search result on Google. But that's the problem with Google because there are millions of questions that can't be answered or at least not truthfully or with evidence. The reason we get sent millions of links for any question is that people have worked it out to ensure they get your attention for their blog or product or cause. And the problem is on the internet from Reddit to Quora to Wikipedia to Google, we don't know who's answering. Anyone can answer. I can share an answer on how the brain works without any background in neuroscience. A Google search, the traditional media, social media, there's simply no way for us to know what links post or answers to trust. It's just too hard. So in 2016, misinformation was reaching a really serious scale. It's in clear that we need an internet clearinghouse for fact-checking. Fact-checking hasn't really evolved. Uh, It's been obsessed about checking politicians' statements and gotcha journalism, and not enough, I believe, around the most important questions in our lives, which are relating to health products, environment, technology, the things we use every day or think about every day. I started thinking about how we could begin using a more scientific approach to fact-checking one that was scalable and valued expertise. At the time, I was helping to run a platform called Thinkable, which aimed to help scientists raise money online to fund their research. And when we were building Thinkable, we'd actually manually verify thousands of scientists from all across the world in hundreds of different fields of study. So we had the idea to take a really important question, for example, do vaccines cause autism, and then invite our verified scientists who are the most qualified to answer it that the immunologists and public health experts. So the question was, would these experts respond? They're all top of their field, they're very busy, or would they just delete the email and move on with their lives? There was actually just one way to find out. So we developed a question and answer tool that allows scientists to easily log in and contribute an answer. We only ask questions that are binary, so that's a true false question. That way we can establish a consensus and the expert can either share a quick answer with uncertainty, or we'll contribute a much longer, detailed response. So we tested this out initially, and we got really great support from the scientific community. The good thing was that majority of the scientists and experts were logging on and they were actually leaving a detailed response to the query, often citing peer-reviewed research and evidence in their answer. So after a few hundred odd answers from experts around the world, it became clear the test was, was interesting. So since then, we've been building Metafact, and that's the platform we've built, and we've been continually building this and testing it over the last year or so. We've been helped by some generous support from about three 300 foundation members who pledged to our Kickstarter campaign in March of this year. So thank you, all the members who are listening. Uh, We couldn't have done this without you. If you want to become a member, just uh, let us know. You'll see on the site, you can become a member. And so we've now designed the infrastructure at Metafact so we can actually process questions and quickly connect them to the relevant experts we think are best qualified to answer them. And so far, we've grown our expert database and have published about 2,500 answers from questions ranging from whether probiotics uh, actually help you all the way to vegan diets to antibiotics. So there's been a, there's a really huge range of, of questions we've, we've explored so far, but there's millions really to go. No one knows everything, but on any question in the world, there is someone, sometimes many, who know the truth. Whether it's an obscure rare disease or a popular new diet, the beauty of humanity is that there are people who dedicate their professional lives to researching a single topic. It's my job to find them. The wonderful thing about science is that it's fundamentally a collective process. One person does not control a field of knowledge. It never will. Isaac Newton famously said, I only see by standing on the shoulder of giants. What he means is that knowledge only progresses as a community. The truth only comes about in science from a long process of attrition. Ideas become knowledge only when many independent people confirm and replicate the findings. So if I ask a question about brain health, yeah, it'd be great to, to ask one neuroscientist, but what, we're, what we want to do is ask five or better yet, 50 or 100 independent neuroscientists that same question. And that means they can verify the facts and you have a diverse 360 view of what the debates are within a particular uh, community around a specific question. For the most important questions in our lives around health, life and society, we need to build a layer of trust that everyone knows that the person who's answering knows what they're talking about. They have the credentials or the experience or the research that gives them unique insights to that specific question or topic we want to learn from them. So what's the goal here? It's really to create a trusted knowledge engine when we all need to know the truth. know, I really want to expand the scientific method and apply it to those important questions that the internet cannot truthfully answer for us. We'll take direct questions from anyone relating to anything in health, food, medicine, and science. If you do ask, please make sure it's a binary question. That's a true-false. We'll then invite actual experts who are working on that topic to share the facts. Sometimes there's really big debates within science, and other times there's just not. We want to give you a better way to source trusted knowledge so you can make smarter and healthier decisions in your own life. So each podcast will end with a takeaway, not based on opinion, but based on the prevailing consensus among the experts. So if 7 out of 10 experts agree that cucumbers cause cancer, that's what our conclusion will be. However, the 3 out of 10 experts who disagree are also critically important to this and their perspectives will never get neglected. All expert answers are open and published so you can read them all. So is Metafact the sole arbiter of truth? Of course not. But what we can say is that for the most important questions in our lives, our answers are far more credible and truthful than anything else that's out there. We aren't looking for the most listeners or the most laughs. We don't engage comedians or do stunts to entertain. In a world where clicks are more important than facts, we want to be different. We want to become a refuge for those who value trusted knowledge. One question, one episode at a time, we want to build back trust and truth by creating something unique. We may think we're smart, but we are all susceptible to a well-written lie. We need a better way to question everything, but not only that, a better way to extract the truth. Only then we'll be able to make the best decisions for our lives, businesses, and communities. Thanks for listening. My name is Ben McNeil, and always remember, may the facts be with you.